Jeremiah Crow. It's pretty. It's a pretty big deal name. Sounds like a children's book character. <laughs> then Jeremiah Crow came down to the cornfields and told Peter Bunny which way to go. In case you're wondering what kind of mood I'm in today. Right. On that note. <laughs> <laughs> I think we'll get this one started now. Let's do that. <laughs> gentlemen welcome to another episode of beyond the blade here on the dive of the blade podcast network i am your co-host chad didemenesis he's anthony chandra and we are here to talk about the lovely landscape of buffalo sabers hockey and i mean to be honest where we are right now we're like this is like the first time in like a few weeks we don't like i wouldn't say negative news but like i guess you could say negative news right like we don't have anything like Horrible that happened here. <laughs> but that's kind of it's a little bit of a change of pace here. Yeah, we've gone. It's like uh, in every warehouse in America, we've gone seven days without a catastrophe. <laughs> right. At this point, yes. I mean, we we could have said had one when the other day the Sabers or the front office Waro tweeted about the front office basically not realizing that all this dead yeah. money they sell to pay out for the people they fired. But that's fun. That's amazing to me. It just ties in just so deliciously with we might know more than the average fan. Wait a minute. What's all this dead money? You mean we had to pay contracts? We got to pay those people? Oh, my God. What are you going to do? I mean, it kind of drives home more of the driving force, though, that a lot of those moves are money-driven. At least in their head, they thought they were were getting out of paying those contracts when (laughs) it turns out you're actually not. So that's that's unfortunate stuff. In the NFL, we just fire guys. <laughs> right. Pretty much. That's not how it works here in hockey. Yeah, no, not so much. What are you going to do? I don't know. I'm over here sipping on a milkshake and uh, thinking about. I'm drinking apple juice like a child. Are <laughs> you drinking apple juice? Yeah. <laughs> my wife. You're drinking apple like... juice at 9 30 at night on a Wednesday? Yeah. You know what? Yes, uh, my my wife is a fitness trainer, and like we have no junk drinks in the house, right? And like I'm a soda guy, so like she bought apple juice. You like sneak like, it in the house? You, do, you buy a soda? Like, no, you, like, but I run it no, in and I, put it in the basement or something. <laughs> no, I have it for lunch at work every day. Though. I'm like soda, <laughs> just sneak it away from my wife. Oh, that's fantastic. So I'm drinking apple juice because I'm seven years old. Apple juice, apple juice, like. Apple juice is good. Like, is that one of like? I think orange juice is the top juice, right? And then followed by apple juice. Does that make sense? Is orange juice the top juice? Is there a better juice than orange juice? This is going to sound so one percenter of me, which I'm not, but it's going to sound that way. Pineapple juice is the best. What? It's so good. That's not even close to right. right. I mean, like, let's put it up for a vote on Twitter. (laughs) We'll do a juice (laughs) draft. The juice boat. What's the best juice? I feel like I mean, if you're gonna go pineapple juice is the best. Like I can like listen like grape juice maybe or like I don't know. Part of me thought you were going like cranberry juice something like that. That was my no. concern. No, I think of that, that scene. Like that. Some people I think like that the scene from Departed. Kind of I think of the scene from Departed. 
He just smashes the glass over the guy's head. Never mind. Oh. You <laughs> were talking about it a second with the clock. There you no, go. I <laughs> yep. <laughs> I was like, will Chad ever get one of my references? Probably not. <laughs> I got that one. I got that one. There we go. I got that one. Well, I mean, while we're here, I, I got a vanilla milkshake. Do you have any, what do you like? Do you like like banana milkshakes as number one too while you're over there? Just a sick sure. person? Yeah. You're talking, you're talking to a guy who, who uses oat milk. So like, don't take my word on, on, on taste on like treat beverages like that. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like this, I, is, I this go... is taking a weird turn. Yeah, well, I mean, it's fine. Here, but I mean, whatever. I mean, it's hockey's not playing. It hasn't for a while. Right. Let's talk about some. Why don't talk juice. about juice and milkshakes? Right. I mean, <laughs> I'm I'm fine. a vanilla fan. I could do chocolate from here and there. Yeah. I feel like if you do strawberry, you're like a weird person. Yeah, strawberry never gripped me. So it's like too sweet. It tastes artificial. You're a poser if you drink strawberry. You're you're a, you're a poser. <laughs> <laughs> You probably want to risk aligning as a center, don't you? You probably do. You sick bastard. <laughs> if you drink strawberry milkshake, you want to keep risk aligning. Uh. <laughs> but I don't know. Like, yeah, I'm like a vanilla chocolate guy. Like, I, I can mix a banana in or like a peanut butter from here or there, but I think that's it's like too much. You know, like it's, you know, I think you got to stay in, in your lane with your milkshakes, to be honest. Like, you don't want to go too crazy. Sure. Well, it, it, does a root beer float count as a milkshake? No, because that's my shiznit right there. I love root beer. I don't like, I'm, not, I'm not a root beer fan. Root beer is mm. not good. It doesn't taste good. Mm. I'm being completely honest. That's fine. I mean, because you're wrong, can, but that's fine. I mean, it, it, <laughs> I don't think it's a milkshake, right? Because it's like it, probably not. You know, I mean, I, I get it has maybe has, has ice cream in it, so like you can kind of get there, but <laughs> no. Like right now, like like I'm trying to think of like. Like I'm just like this, this place on Hurdle. Like, uh, I forgot what the first name of it is. Some, some, oh, um, uh, poutine and Creamery. Yes. Right? On Hurdle. Excellent. Yeah, yeah. They have like, they call them freak shakes. It's kind of okay. like shake, but like it's not a milkshake because like it has like, mm. yeah, like uh, by the way, they're delicious. So if you haven't got one poutine and Creamery on Hurdle, go there and get a freak shake. They're fantastic. They have like cookie ones, peanut butter ones, all the ones you could think of in the world. Like, it's really good. But Maybe I'm thinking milkshake, but that's that's not a milkshake. Like I think you just need to like, you know, like, like McDonald's milkshake. Like I, I got a Dairy Queen milkshake here. That's right. Oh, see the now I, Dairy Queen's good. So like the I I could go always go for a frosty, always. That's Wendy's though. It's not yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I I know oh. that. I'm just saying. I didn't real. I thought you. I thought you made it yourself. If we're talking like I, I've done it. Establishment. I've done it. I've done it. But like, yeah. No, this is a purchase milkshake I got going here. That's always the best kind. Well, right, you didn't make it yourself, right? You didn't put the work in. Right. Like, it's always better if somebody else makes it. Yeah, of course. Like, if you and your wife both make the same exact sandwich, your wife's sandwich is always going to taste better than yours because she made it and you didn't make it. You know what I mean? Like that's like it's like that mental thing. Yeah. Plus, my wife's better at everything than I am, so that makes sense. Well, I, I mean, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Love you, honey. She's not listening. Who am I kidding? I mean, the women are the best of us. We're just kind of. You know, here I for, I would be I would live like a coyote without my wife. I'm positive <laughs> of it. There would be a lot of things. My wife says all the time, like, "How long would that thing stay there if I didn't? If I wasn't here with you?" And I'd be like, "Come on, I would get it." But in real, reality, like, it'd be there for like two months until like forever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. She was. I cleaned out my office upstairs, and she's just like, "So, are you going to move that like bag of Goodwill stuff you have like in the hallway?" I'm like, "I did not realize that was there." 
I'd say I'm going to be perfectly <laughs> candid with you. I that's just been out of like my the frame of my eyeball. I guess I just yeah. did not realize I left it there. She's like, it's been there for like six days. I'm like, yeah, that tracks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not debating you. I'm just telling you. <laughs> oh, I'm not telling you you're wrong. I'm just saying, from my point of view, the bag is is a false construct. It doesn't exist. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get back on the rails here because you've gone way off the rails, and people are probably like, "What the hell is going on here?" Uh, milkshakes living juices we're all over let's bring this puppy back in here with the fishing pole so there are some things that happen here so we can kind of decide where we want to go first at least in terms of the sabers so one thing that happened we know the sabers are going to pick eighth overall in the nhl draft uh at least for now Who the hell knows? Like, like if they don't play <laughs> hockey and maybe like everybody's in the draft and they're like just hit the reset button and whatever how, like how NHL would that be? <laughs> I mean, you essentially could because, like, you have some random ass team that's in the playoffs or return the play that's going to win first overall. So, like, what would stop you from doing that? I guess you can just have a lottery for first overall only. And I, I don't know. I'm not racking up random It's nonsense. It, it's, it's the whole stupid. the whole thing is ridiculous. I'm not going to get into. There was that. no. I, I understand the publicity of. There's no need to do it that early. No, and I'm glad. I'm glad it happened this way. To be honest, that was hilarious. I laughed about it for like a half hour. I got upset. I mean, like it, it's sort of upsetting, but it's also hilarious that like they did this, and they probably did this, and were like, I mean, come on, guys, one of those teams is not going to win. I mean, that's crazy. So who, mm-hmm. who, gives, who gives a shit? Like, let's just let's just do this. And like, not only did they win and move up to the top three, they literally won the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> that's, like, that's just it, it's the best. Congratulations to the Carolina Hurricanes. No, I don't even think they can win it, but. I really honestly have thought about numerous times thinking about this, like who there had to be one or at least multiple people in that room who were like, uh, we should probably run this again. Do that again. Let's just pick one again. (laughs) Well, I think they they hire conversation. They hire that outside company to do it. Right. Just cause like to, for, for non-bias reasons. I I feel like like Batman's still in the room or there's some people. Remember like when they showed the McDavid Eichel one, like he was there and somebody else was there too. Yeah, that's right. So I feel like right. somebody in there, like, who would know? Who would know? And then Bill Daly does that, like, one thing he does a year. Mm-hmm. I hear nothing about him except, like, yeah. oh, there's Bill. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure he does more, obviously. I'm just joking. I mean, it's, it started off bad right off the beginning. When, like, they brought it, he said, oh, I have eight cards here, which means somebody in the return to play format was one of the top three picks. Like, oh, great. Here we go. Wee. Yep. Like, it's <laughs> Wee. <laughs> yeah. uh, NHL. Anyways. They were picking eighth, so we can get to that. Keep the pick, trade the pick. That's been kind of the new thing that's been kicked around in the last week or so. Uh, but also, uh, Kevin Adams made his first moves in hey. the front office, right? So he promoted Jeremiah Crow, who has a very strong name, um, to his director of scouting. Uh, he was a pro scout team for a few years. He worked in USA Hockey and Academy of Hockey with uh, – Adams for like a year or so. So he's your new director of scouting. Uh, maybe the most interesting part is Jason Nightingale, director of analytics, also got the role of assistant director of scouting added to his title. So we heard the talk from Adams about being into analytics and the numbers. And mm-hmm. I told you from things I heard that he wanted to expand the analytics department. And he's really a big, kind of a big numbers guy. Now we see Nightingale getting a bigger role, and they're going to use analytics 
in their video scouting and regular scouting, kind of a three pronged attack here to scouting. So that's something interesting. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's one of those things that like, say what you feel about Adams having the experience. And I guess where we're going here is because this is the conversation we're going to start with, um, you know, having the inexperience and all that we talked about on the last podcast or two podcasts or whatever. We, you know, both of us and even Bill is here have yelled and fans to be able to about just do something different. Mm-hmm. Well, it looks like they are. So like, you know, even with everything else that happened, right. hirings, uh, hiring of the random hiring of Adams, you're like, well, I can't really be mad because they're, no. they're doing something. Different. We'll see what happens. So he, he, well, he knows what he wants. You know what right. I mean? Like he did, yeah. it wasn't that like, he just was, it, it, this seems like something he, uh, had, had like kind of pre-calculated so to speak does that make sense like premeditated mm-hmm. move it wasn't just like oh i guess uh you know you've been here the longest here, you know here you go uh what's the guy's name who is just a vampire who Jeremiah no, no 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 the the guy who everybody wants fired at I, I, it's late and my brain is on fire apparently oh um, kevin divine yes it's like here kevin you're my director of scouting now you know what i mean it's not yeah. like he just went in and picked the most you know the longest tenured guy yeah. um so that's good uh you know, if they bring in Rick Dudley, as people have speculated, you know, mm-hmm. with his Buffalo connection, I mean, that's that's great. You finally have like a, ho- a, a known hockey executive in the room, which I think that's still the one thing they're missing. Yep, I think so. Um, so yeah, no, encouraging start, but again, uh, we we said the same things with all the assistant GMs and all the stuff that Botterill did in the beginning. Is it? We'll see. I mean, I'm I'm uh, like I was in the beginning, cautious, very cautiously optimistic. I mean, the way I put it, I was talking, uh, I was DMing Kevin about this kind of the other day, Kevin from Twitter. And um, we were talking, talking about the same thing and like saying how we, you know, we like the moves Adam's made so far and things that I've heard about have been interesting. But, you know, I keep telling myself, like, don't get sucked into it, right? I mean, <laughs> we've seen this now numerous times and we've got, you know, whether it was Murray, whether it was Botterill, or the coaches even like that, you know, you, you see some promise there, you see some possibility, some potential. So it's mm-hmm. like, the way I put it to him is the flashing lights have my attention. Mm-hmm. I, I just, I, I'm still reserved because I'm afraid to pull the curtain back again. as he was behind the curtain. Basically. We've seen this story. We've exactly. seen this movie. Exactly. That's exactly it. So good start, but mm-hmm. really can't evaluate anything. No. Until like you see any type of move here. Right. So, and even or, if he continues to just like office, something what happening on the ice. <laughs> Right, exactly. But like I said, promising. So, and that's you know, good stuff. You know, I'm I'm behind it. You know, as Mm -hmm. both number guys were in favor of this. Do your number thing over there. We'll get, Mm -hmm. especially if you're giving Nightingale more responsibility in scouting. Like that's great. Get get my dude some help though. Like oh god, yeah. Can you hire like like a person or two? Like two or three even maybe like to help my dude out and. You know, God, there are so many smart people, you know what I mean, out there uh, that we know, like people we yeah. talk to regularly yes. that they could hire. I mean, there's plenty of smart people we don't even know either, like two of them. Yeah, right. Oh, yeah, sure, sure. I'm just saying, like, just the ones you know, we, we know, we, right? Yeah. Right. We talked about it last week a little bit with the scouting thing, like where you're not pulling a scout in off the street, really. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Whereas an analytics guy, there are more talented ones not currently employed than, than are employed. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. So, so the talent pool is just, it's really, kind of infinite and I, I you know that's probably the easiest thing you can do and i'm you know but hey we'll see like, if we talk moneyball that's probably the least expensive way to go about this right 
Yeah, I mean, if you yeah, you want to save some money getting players and be efficient and do your videos, guys. Kind of that's one of the reasons Dudley can make you know, maybe make sense for them because he did that in Carolina, right? He set up that system yeah. that Lance wrote about. You know, I don't think it was last week. So. Mm-hmm. You know, bringing him in here helps with that too. And, and you know, Crow kind of did that video scouting too. And then you're going to throw the numbers background into it too. So it's kind of all, it yeah. makes a ton of sense as it all kind of comes together here in terms of the front office stuff. Mm-hmm. So moving beyond that, the, I think the interesting thing here, and it's kind of, I think to start this conversation around the draft pick uh, is more kind of what you talk because I think everybody's, I mean, for God's sake, I even wrote about it. So like, <laughs> Everybody kind of knows where I am with all this, right? Like, you know, mm-hmm. keeping – I'm in favor of keeping the pick unless you get your, your socks knocked off in some sort of trade. But I, I know you were out camping when this all happened. So I'm kind of – not only like people who listen, but I kind of me personally, I'm kind of curious of kind of where your head at, is at with all this. Yeah, so like what, I was – admittedly, I had um, a couple friends, you know, social distance camping. You know, they came up to the campground with us and just like sat around the fire, right? So I had it actually. You were breaking rules. That's fine. You were breaking rules. Just say you were breaking rules. Shut up. (laughs) (laughs) No, we were we were streaming it. You know, on my phone, just listening to it. You know, the results and like savers of the first one. It's like okay, cool. Like that that was fun. And so, like out of frustration, when the number one pick came out as you know, team to be named later. I tweeted trade the pick just because I was mad, right? But also, um, I, I had this like omnipresent um, thought in my head that they're going to do something stupid, and I just saw Jake Sand Buffalo Sabers select Jake Sanderson defenseman. Yeah. It's like I just saw that happening in my head. I'm like, oh, if you're if that's the plan, please trade it. Please mm-hmm. just trade it because I, I I can't have that, right? Where you know we talked about it during my, my be a GM, you know, thing. I turned down every trade for it, even the Sorelli one, which I think in hindsight, it probably would have taken, you know, mm-hmm. given a second chance, but yep. um, yeah, no pick, 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 as long as they're going to pick the best forward, I'm fine with it. Pick the best forward left on the board. I don't care. I don't have a strong enough opinion, you know, see a strong enough disparity in amateur players. You know what I mean? To say you must pick this one, you know what I mean? But pick your favorite guy. Just, just as long as it's a forward, please, for the love of God, put something in that prospect cupboard. Yeah, I think that's kind of you know, it's just something kind of in the same spot here. So it's like it's tough because the thing like here is, I'm not by any means saying don't trade if you get a good offer, right? Right. I mean, right. Like, oh, of course. If somehow Sorelli pops free on you and it requires the eighth overall pick this year, like okay, mm-hmm. go do that. Like figure that out. Done. And, you know, yeah, exactly. But the thing is, and what I kind of wrote about too is looking at the landscape now like it's that forward besides like Sorelli is isn't out there right I mean it's it's, it's not, not really, going to be yeah. available I mean you could say well what if Sean Monaghan is I mean okay maybe but like who's going to be center for that team then because he's like the only center they right. have right now I mean they're going to go to Derek Ryan as their top center on that team right no, that's silly and like you know Barzell there was small rumors like he'd be like that's not really happening though so that's out of it i mean what you're not i mean not trying to don't strom probably not eighth no if you're gonna do the strom thing if you are willing to part with a first it'd be next year's probably right even then i don't know if i'd do that right i probably would and then like it's Um, not you know you're not gonna do for max domi either that's another possibility so it's it's just i don't think that trade is there like so it's that's why i kind of argue for using your 2021 first round pick because 
instead of it being a guaranteed top 10 pick in a draft where you know the forwards in this class are going to be good, where it looks like next year they're not going to be as good at the top. I mean, you never know. Things change over an entire season, you know, that could move around. But sitting here today, kind of the guarantees of what you know is, you know, if that pick is around 14, 15, if you're better, I think you can swallow that pill if it's going to be cost you Dylan Strong for that pick as opposed to doing number eight when you can get right Lundell who can be yeah or, or like a miracle happens and Rossi falls falls you know what I mean then right. you're really yeah. kicking yourself you know what I yeah. mean yeah right so it's you know and I kind of pose the question I think it's a it's a decent question like let's say let's say I, I know it's probably not like let's say Lundell you draft Lundell he plays this season mm-hmm. who in year two so in 21-22 who is better for the Sabres Dylan Strom or Anton Lundell I think Lundell would give you more as a year two player in all aspects of the game than you would get on Dylan Strom. Hmm. And that's just a year away. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not sure I'm, I'm as confident in that, but, but sure. I can see that. I mean, yeah, it's certainly possible. Um, and, and, yeah, and don't get me wrong. Strom gives you a lot offensively. Yeah. But that's it. No, I don't, I don't, I don't necessarily disagree. Um, yeah. It, it'd be, it's, it's the, it's the whole, you know, how long are you willing to wait thing? Right. And um, how much pressure is, is Kevin Adams really under, you know what I mean? To, to turn it around immediately and, and you know, how willing would he be to trade futures, which the funny thing, you know, you say that kind of tongue in cheek because the Sabres have so few of them to trade, but (laughs) um, yeah, no, it's interesting. I, I, you know, and I I just think about it too. It's, you know, we, you're almost focused in on, on center a little bit and I want, and that's obviously what they need, right? But I wonder, I, I mean, wonder you how, how they don't have to be, right? I mean, you don't be. have to be, no, but I'm just saying, I, I wonder how much they would value. Like, if you've got, say, let's just for fun here, say Holtz and Lundell there, like, I wonder who they're picking. I'm actually genuinely curious because yeah. just their thought process on that. I was more thinking on the lines of where I was going with it is if you trade that pick, it doesn't have to be a center. You can always go get a center on a different trade, right? It doesn't have to be a like like no, no, as we're talking, I was thinking like, would you trade eight for Nick Ehlers? Mm, like it makes I, you think for a second. Right? I, don't like, know. Like, I don't know. I don't I think do I that. would. No, right. I don't think I would. But it's still it stops you, right? Like yeah, like, oh yeah. Uh, maybe. Maybe. Because yeah. I'm like maybe Winnipeg is like, oh hey, I'll come up and you know, get Sanderson or get Drysdale, and there's my defenseman that I need so bad, right? So like right. No, it's it's a it's not a bad thought. And he just popped in my head. I mean, you can grab another winger who I I don't know. Like you can even like Johnny Goudreau. Would you trade eight for Goudreau? Mm, yes. Ah, I don't know. I never right. think about it. <laughs> I'm trying to look at how old he is right now to be sure. But like Goudreau, I think he's like 25, right? He's not. That yeah, old. I'm making sure he's like somehow 27 or something like that. But he's 26. Actually, oh, he turns twenty-seven in August. Does he really? Yeah. Wow, he's older than I thought. So now, now I'm not sure. Then probably right. not. Yeah. Right. I thought he was younger than that. That's weird. Yeah. Huh. August thirteenth, nineteen ninety-three. That's crazy. I'm just, like, you, you could do this. You, like, you've you could, got like, me. You've yeah. got me wanting to go down a rabbit hole and like look at other wingers. Like, think exactly right because like he doesn't have to be. You could trade right wristline and the Montour in some sort of trade to get you a center. Right? I mean, doesn't. Sure. I, think I mean, that's, yeah, that's theoretically. an interesting part of the conversation, too. I mean, we've all been focused right. on only trade it if you get a center. What about well, Pat Kane? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> God, 
God, I hate that every freaking summer. Oh, Pat Kane, he's from here. Great. So let me. So so let's let's. I'm gonna I'm gonna name three. Name yeah, three wingers here for for eighth overall. I want to I want a yes or a no. So hmm, trying to I'm trying to pick good ones here that are also like relatively realistic. You know what I mean? Yeah, you're not gonna say like. Ovechkin, like you're not gonna. Like... <laughs> right, 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 right. Uh, this is harder than I thought, actually. Zabanajad, he's a center. He's Damn a it. center, though. Yeah, I've, I don't know why I had him as a left winger. Huberto. Oh. Ah. Uh, I think I would. He's young, right? I also, I also think I would. Yeah. Uh. Elias Lindholm, he's a center. Fuck. Um, <laughs> Jacob Voracek. No. No, cool. I also would not. Yeah. Gosh, Hubert was 27 years old, too. That's crazy. Just turned 27. I still think I'd do that because Hubert was pretty good. This one you're going to say no, but if I, I think it's a little interesting because we could have had him for like a fifth round pick two years ago or whatever it was. Burakovsky. No. 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 Um, David Perron. <laughs> trying to be funny now. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to quickly look at teams here and think of some good ones too, because this is an interesting conversation. Are right? you I'm, like, I'm I'm just looking at just you know stats. You know what I mean? I'm just looking at the point leaders just to jog my memory. You know what I mean? Yeah, right. Now I get what you're saying. And uh, I don't. I, I actually don't know that there's. What that about many here's more. one. Here's a good one. Here's a good one. Sure. Because they they traded away their first round pick technically. What about okay. Willie Nylander? No, I hate his contract. Do you though? Yes. Oh, I feel like I would do that. What about if Brian? I know what I'm, about I'm, what about Rust? No, not Rust. Not Rust. No. I feel like really yeah. Nylander, like uh, I don't know. I think it's that dynamic, like winger, right? But like I, I like in my head, like I have to know that I'm getting a center somewhere else. Like this whole thing, I think, is contingent on you're getting a center Ooh, somewhere else. One more, one more, because it ties into a team you've talked about, Timo yeah. Meyer. No, no, I don't think so. Hmm. What about Rope Hints? No, I'm not afraid. Okay. Hmm. I don't think there's anybody else I can think of. Yeah. What about Ricard Raquel? Yeah, he's kind of a center. He's a, he's center. a center. Yeah. Would you be um, afraid? I don't think so. I, I don't think, think so. I think I would. Would you? I think so. Hmm. He's really good. His contract is excellent. He is really good. That was it like three point eight million dollars. I just I, I keep. I, I guess I'm trying to think in my head. Like, okay. He's twenty seven too, but still. Let, let, let's talk about contract. Yeah, let's talk about Lucas Raymond, right? Like. What are my odds that he ends up being that impactful, right? Is it more than 50%? Mm. You know what I'm saying? That's where I'm kind of at. Because that's like who yeah. I think is like your your sort of median guy you would get at eight, potentially. Hmm. Yeah. No. It's yeah. interesting. It's it's an interesting <laughs> conversation. <laughs> we weren't expecting to go here, no. but it was. I'm glad no. we did. Yeah, it's going to kind of spin through. I don't want to keep his naming names. Yet. That would get boring. But like it, it kind of right. like just spins through my head here now that I'm thinking about it. I guarantee you, like half of people out there would say yes to uh, to um, Patrick King for eighth. 
Yeah. No, I wouldn't even like somebody asked me Taze earlier and I was like, no, not nah. a chance. Too old. And the contract's ridiculous too. But yeah. also too old. Both are too old. Yeah. And not to mention like Kane has his own deficiencies as it is too, so but we won't get on that track now. Uh, I don't wanna I don't wanna me- yeah. make the Patrick Kane right. stands in Buffalo Anger. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah, I mean that's kind of the saber stuff. And then like you know, we kind of I guess it's kind of relevant, you know, what's going on right now. Uh we have our two hub cities in Toronto, Edmonton. So the return to play things like it's gonna happen as of now. Um mm-hmm. will it really happen? We'll find out. I, I think they were smart going to Canada, right? And yeah. I think that increased the odds of it happening. Right. Being out of the US. I think that's definitely gonna help. So we'll, we'll you know, we'll see how that continues to go. But the CBA talks and this is kind of like I guess you weren't expecting that, right? I mean, you know, the no. NHL and the CBA talks, like that's a whole disaster. And, you know, it sounds like they're on the verge of getting a six-year extension done. That includes players going to the Olympics in 2022 and 2026. Which is so awesome. Kind of pretty cool, too. You have that back. Oh, yeah. Getting Jack Eichel in the Olympics is pretty awesome. If mm-hmm. he's not traded by then. I'm kidding. He won't be Stop. by then. <laughs> I think he'll still be here in 2022. That might be his last season. I guess. All right. I don't want to get depressed. <laughs> uh, moving along, the other part of it too uh, that I think is noteworthy is at least the next two years, uh, this new CBA agreement will carry a flat cap, flat cap. So next season and the following season, be eighty-one and a half million dollars. And then I think after that, then it goes up like to eighty-two point five. So it goes up by a million. So like in the next three years, the salary cap really isn't moving. Mm-hmm. I think that's kind of important for a lot of teams uh mm-hmm. you know, teams like tampa bay they're going to be capstrapped and some other ones uh but even for the sabers too because like you got to think about now they don't have a lot of guys coming up who, who can contribute on elcs in the next three years right like, there's that like cousin, part of it cousins and uh cousins yeah right and, and cousins <laughs> maybe bryson for a year right like, right like is borgen even on an elc anymore i think he it's last year baby yeah or what do you mean RFA this year? I don't know. I have to go look. Yeah, right. To be so, honest. Yeah, it's not uh, It's not great. No. So, I mean, that kind of goes back into the eighth overall pick conversation, needing a that player, impact player, or that type of counter that can help you because right. where I was going to is, you know, you have Darlene next offseason. So, right. you know, we, we've talked about you don't have a ton of cash because it looks once you get your RFAs done. But you have to be careful because after this upcoming season, I think all you really have coming off the books is Johansson. Mm-hmm. Is there anybody else even significant? I'm trying to think. Uh, coming off the books after I this guess season? Carter Hutton would be on your team. Right, right. Is that really is that it? I think, I think that's really it, man. I don't, I, I'm trying to think if there's anyone else, but I'm pretty... You know, we have like the, five guys the, under contract, right? I mean, that, the, oh, um, McCabe. And McCabe comes off, too. Yeah, but still, it's not that's total. Is that all up? It's ten million dollars, if that. Not even. Yeah, it's it's like, oh, you know two, what? It actually it's like nine point five. Yeah, so it's right? like ten million. So, yeah, yeah. So then that's not a lot. No, right? no, not at all. So um, you kind of got to. Yeah, I mean, maybe you maybe at the status that point, too. It's Yoki Haru you got to pay in there and with right. That. Oh yeah, maybe at that point you can stomach buying out Oposo. But like, yeah. Man, maybe, I guess you maybe. can kind of hope. Maybe I, I haven't heard anything. If anybody mentioned anything about a compliance bio that you can get out of a POSO, and that kind of helps you. Right. But 
or you can, you know, maybe Vegas takes Miller off your hands, which I don't, I wouldn't love because I like him, but he'd be 29 then making 3.8 again. I mean, that leaves you with 13. Right. Yeah. Not, I mean, it's not. That's what they give, give nine and a half, 10 to Darlene, and you have three left. Right. Well, well, Jean Sebastian D comes off the books. So that's huge. So, you know, it's kept hard, man. You know, it's hard to figure out what to do. I'm with you. That that makes it tough on some teams, you know, so it's. Yeah, but then you got to look at it too, though, where, you know, if if you do the right thing this offseason and trade Ristolain and trade Montour, right? You know what I'm saying? That's. Right. You get that 5.4 off your books. Right. That kind of gives you some more. But again, it depends what you bring back, right? Sure. Oh, of course. Montour right now, you don't really even have him under contract. Right. But I guess I mean, if he's not there, then you're not accounting for his money, not having that much cash pay. So I kind of get what you're, yeah. what you're saying. No, and it, it all kind of circles back to what yeah. we've been talking about for the last six months. Like the cap space is kind of a Trojan horse. It's not yeah. real. Right. Yeah, it, it's going to be interesting how he juggles this. You know, it's mm-hmm. there's a lot here. And then, you know, maybe we'll say this from our podcast, but like, you know, kind of looking down, it's interesting. Like, it's, we say you got to keep Sam Reinhardt, but realistically, like, if they keep Risto, if they keep Montour, you almost get to the point where you look at it, you're like, well, from a cap standpoint, not everybody can be in your, your, your cap next year, right? Like it's, so it's right. Then does that essentially, if you're going to keep those two, does that mean you have to trade right now? Like you realistically have no choice, basically? No, I don't think it'll get to that point. But it, it, I think it almost does because what else do you do? Well, okay. So, so I mean, maybe, maybe we'll I'm misunderstanding. This. Maybe we'll say that. I'm saying, okay, like, I'll quickly say, and then we'll, we'll say, we'll put it yeah. aside. But, like, I'm saying, like, if you're going to keep Bristol Linen, you're going to keep Monster on your team. Uh, I see. And then I'm saying the next offseason where the cap remains flat. Right. You, and then you jam Reinhardt in there, too, at $7 million. Right. You, you know, we just no, talked I'm about it. You. you have $13 and... million in cap space, so those guys that come off. If, right. if they take Miller off their hands. If right, not, you have right, nine right. and a half. Yeah, and that, that'll maybe pay you for Darlene. Maybe. Maybe. And then we can do it with Yerky Haru. Right. No, I get you. I mean, it, yeah. Shoot, short of short of signing Montour to like a one-year deal this year. You know what I mean? Which, yeah. which I think a lot of our fans might actually right? Yeah. do. Right, yeah. So short of that, yeah, I don't know. And and also you got to think about the fact that Olsen's getting a significant raise, even mm-hmm. if it's just short-term. Yeah. Yeah. No, then if you, you know, they're, I don't think they will re-sign Larson, but. No, I don't I mean from. I mean, I wrote about Taya. I don't. Right. Like none of them are coming back. So and that sucks. Um, no, it's unfortunate, but it kind of that sucks. Is what it is. Uh, situation. You, yeah. At least the Larson, if, you can if, kind of if, say if, you can kind of blame the Sabres, and you can't. In a way, you can blame them for being bad. Why he doesn't want to come back, but also like right. they want him back. But it seems like maybe on his side, he really doesn't want to come back unless they throw which some I, stupid money which, at him. Which can you blame him? Because you right, know, exactly. Exactly you know, it. a team like Carolina, right, or some someone or, Colorado. I'm saying like, Colorado, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, with like a, a robust department who who understands his value. Like that sounds way more appealing. Like if I'm yeah. just a guy with no ties to Buffalo, you know, you're just like, okay, bye. Yeah. Like this has sucked for five years. Yeah. Thanks for everything. Right, right. I'm tired of losing. I'll, I'll go somewhere yeah. else now. Thank you, though. Then you know you're gonna have Gergensons go to a contender to and play a fourth line scratch forward and be happy. <laughs> you know it's just whatever. It is what it is type thing. So it what is you do? what it is. Anyway, so here's what we do. I think we'll take our break here, uh, cool. and then when we come back, we'll let the fan we, we ask for fan questions. I think we'll kind of let that run uh, the rest of the podcast here. So I think we had about cool. you know ten or maybe a little more than that. We'll kind of run through. So we'll take a quick break here. So you are listening to Beyond the Blade on the Dive of the Die by the Blade 
uh, podcast network. And we will be back with you shortly here to answer your fan questions after the break. All right, welcome back. So it's been a few weeks since we uh, did the fan questions here, and this is, again, one of the times that I miss Bill because he's all organized here where I'm just going to read off my phone, and we'll see how this goes. But uh, so let's – we have – I think I'm at about – there's like 15 total. I think we'll hit like 10 off here. So we'll, we'll kind of run through these here, Anthony, and it's uh, a little bit different because I'm asking the question, so it's like by default you have to go first almost, which is different than how it was in the past at Bill. So it's mm-hmm. we're all kind of getting used to this here. So let's, let's, uh, let's go number one here. This is from Garrett Falk at gfalk87. Uh, his question is, who are your guys under the radar trade targets? Not necessarily the bigger names to target number two center, but someone who was less talked about the trade version of Jesper Foss. So, Anthony, do you have any under the radar guy you're thinking of in a trade trade version, not free agent? Yeah. Um, the it, It's actually, uh, you made me think of it because of, of you know, it, nobody's mentioned it, but it's actually, you know what, actually, I'm going to go a different way. I'm sorry. I, I love that poorly. <laughs> Um, Tyson Jost would be, I guess, my ah, under okay. the radar yeah. trade guy. Good one. Good one. Um, for me, I think I said I have on public trade scenarios. I do, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think of a good one. I'm trying to dig deep here and think of a good one. Ah, uh, man. Tyson Jost was a good one. I'm ready to steal him off from under me. I appreciate that. <laughs> um, I guess I'm going to go to my – not that sure he could boot me out of the radar, but I think it would be really cool if they got him, uh, depending – and especially if the rich line interest in New Jersey is kind of still legit because they want that big big right-shot defenseman and they had interest in him before under Ishiro. Anyways, I'm going all this to say I think Jesper Bratt would be really cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he's a young player that maybe – I wouldn't say we're not as welcome, but maybe isn't as appreciated in New Jersey as he should be. Uh, I think you can kind of plug him in as a young guy on a – you know, a cost control contract to kind of play a middle six role for you. And I think you can be relatively pleased with what you get. So I'll go with, you know, Jesper Bratt as my guy for my, my under the radar guy. Um, Josh Anderson kind of, I'm going to say he's under the radar, but I think he's another right. interesting guy where people don't give enough appreciation to. Fosca out of Dallas is another guy. Maybe you can keep an eye on as a bottom six player that can give you some improvement. He's interesting, and, and Dallas might have some cap situation they have to deal with too. So there, there's an under-the-radar guy for you. Nice. All right. Next question from James at J-C-O-N-T-1, count one. Uh, any thoughts on trade value for Risto in Montour? Do you think the front office is inclined to keep or trade them? So – Let's go at the first question. I think – so let's go to the second question, actually, I'm saying. Do you think the front office is inclined to keep or trade them? I will say quickly, I think they want to trade at least one of them as we all go. Right. Yeah, I think, I think one will be traded. Uh, I think that's fair to say, though, if, if the analytics thing is, is legit, right, and, and they see things kind of similarly to how most people see them in the oh. analytics community, it could be both. Um, yeah. And I apologize. What was the first part of the question? The, the first what, part of the question, the trade any thoughts value? on the trade value? 
Uh, Risto probably gets you a middle six winger. You know, in a one mean? for and one maybe, scenario. Yeah, in yeah, a one for one, right? Or, or just like some stuff, maybe like a prospect that's almost ready and like a second round pick, third yeah. round pick. You know what I mean? Nothing crazy. Yeah. Conditional Ma- pick, yeah. Montour, I think maybe I hesitate to say this, but he might have a little more value where he might be able to get you, you know. I don't know, maybe like a bonafide second liner, maybe if you maybe yeah. you throw in like an ass blend or something. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, I'm kind of the same spot as you. I think we were kind of talking about this with Matt on Twitter before this the podcast. Uh you know, I, I think when when and slash if uh Rich Lennon is actually is traded, I think there's gonna be a segment of the fan base is gonna be super mad online about it because I, I don't think the return is gonna be kind of what you expect, right? Like, mm-hmm. I don't, like I think some people in their head think, oh, they could trade Ristolina and get a second line center one for one. Like, no, it's not going to happen. So, mm-hmm. I think you said it. I think in a one for one scenario, you can get a middle six defense, a middle six forward, right? So, yeah. now you could package Ristolina and get more. You can put them with Ristolina and a prospect and a pick or Ristolina middle stat and see where that gets you kind of deal. So, yeah. And, and I'm not even entirely sure Montour has that much value either. To be to be honest, the 26 bill mm-hmm. really never hit his um, mark of what was expected. You know, the, the trade that I did um, in my mock offseason was for Kerfoot. You know, I think that's kind of a an appropriate value player you're going to get back. Mm-hmm. You know, in, in a one for one thing. So you know, maybe a middle six forward, kind of maybe the same as wrist lineman. Maybe you can even say they have the same exact value. To be honest, it's close, right? Yeah, it's very close, in my opinion. The only thing, the only thing that helps Ristolainen actually, now that I'm I'm putting a little bit, you know, what I mean, I'm listening to you talk and just thinking about it independently, um, I think that uh, the fact that Risto's point production didn't take a hit despite not yeah. being on the power play as much is big. Yeah, points, points matter until until it's proven that they don't. Points matter. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And he's a year younger than Montour too, so a good point. But I think that kind of works. And you have that kind of that contract certainty where you really don't with Montour. He's like, mm-hmm. you get for him now, you got to get a deal, and he'll be a UFA that you're at. Like next season, it's only do a one year deal, so it kind of gets murky. So I, I think it's a long form answer to say they probably pretty much both have the same value. Just mm-hmm. getting you a top six forward straight up. Right. Unlikely. Uh, all right, next question. So this is one that you mentioned before the podcast, which I didn't really see, but it's a two parter. So I can answer the first part, but I don't have an answer for the second part. Mm-hmm. So from Jimmy, so Jay Spoon zero two one. If you had to pick a GM for the next four years, and your only choices were Botterill or Murray, who would you pick? Also, if you have time, if you could create a lineup of anyone who played for the Sabers from two thousand fifteen to present, who would be in the lineup, and is it a playoff team? So I'll answer the first question, uh, and then I'll give it over to you. You can answer the part one and then get into part two because I didn't do part two. Mm-hmm. So. Four years, Murray or Botterill. Oh, it's tough. <laughs> it's tough. Because um, really, they're like, they're like the polar opposites in a way, but, right? But like, also, like, e- exact equals. In, in a sense, right? It's In a sense, right? It's it's like a weird, like, paradox. They couldn't right, be more different, one, but one also the same. Yeah, one can't find defensemen. One can't find forwards. One loves to make trades. One kind of was trigger-happy, like, it's yeah. like, <laughs> and one was like completely the opposite and was too afraid to do anything. Right. So it's, 
it's so hard. <laughs> um, part of me wants to say Murray, but like the only reason I'm saying it is because maybe he'll hit in a trade because he'll just keep doing it. <laughs> but like, he also I, did get over. I mean, the O'Reilly trade. If right. You, Let's right. talk about that, right? Where trading him away was the worst trade of the group, right? The best yeah. one was that one. So, yeah. I mean, he does have best trade under his belt. Yeah. But, I mean, I can also then go to, like, the Joe Kiara for Nylander for Bottero, right? And, like, it's... I mean, I don't know if those in the are comparable, Skin, in the but... the Skinner trade's in there. The Skinner trade is in sure, there. Sure, sure, right? sure. Yeah, and then, but, like, conversely with Murray, you've got two second-round picks for Nick Deloria and Hudson Fashing. Like, <laughs> <Right. bleh. laughs> And then for Bottable, you have the O'Reilly trade. Like, it's like, yeah. And the BC trade. And... Right. I don't know. The like, Froley trade. Right. The, the Wayne Simmons trade that put you yep. over the cap penalty, yep. you know, gave you a cap yep. penalty. So I, I guess you hold me down. I'd probably go Murray just because I think we would get more trades. Sure. That's probably right. Also more stuff to talk about because he actually yeah. said something. Right, that too. That too. The more PP slap conversations <laughs> out there. <laughs> Funny. So for the lineup portion, I actually was really interested in that because I'd, I'd never really kind of thought about that. Like, you know, last what's your lineup of the last five years? Yeah. And is it a playoff team? I think was the other part of the question. It was, so yep, yep. I put a very limited amount of thought into, into like the actual line combinations, but I came up with my, you know, 12 forwards and my six defensemen and two goalies. So my first line is uh, Olofsson, Eichel, Pominville. Second line is Skinner, O'Reilly, Ennis. Third line is Kane, Reinhardt, Cahoon. Fourth line is Johansson, Larson, Oposo. And then your defense, and these pairings are bad, but it's just my best six defensemen. <laughs> Darlene Miller, Pilot McCabe, Scandella Yokiharu. And my goaltenders are obviously Allmark and Leonard, because who the hell else are you picking? Yeah, right. But, but yeah, so is that a playoff team? Um, it's a pretty sweet center spine. Yeah, yeah, I think I think it is. I think so. With the, the centers you have in there, I think you can make that work, right? I think yeah, you're it's seven. A really, it's a really outstanding center spine, actually. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think so. Kane is on your third line. I mean, yeah, it's not bad. Yeah, I think it is. But so let's get all those players and just push them all together, and like <laughs> <laughs> we, had, we had all the right pieces. It's never here at the same time. Basically, just, is what, what yeah, we're saying. Damn timing thing. Yeah, exactly. We were only five years off. <laughs> all right. Uh, next question from John Cozera at Cozy Cozy Shane. Oh, that's a nice one. Uh, mm. Since it's Canada Day, Dang. what is your favorite Canadian food item? And he said, "Coffee Crisp is the right answer." By the way, Do I don't know what that is, um, but <laughs> John's gonna be pretty angry. <laughs> hashtag I'm sorry. <laughs> I know this like the most popular answer is gonna be like the all dressed chips, which never grab me. I guess poutine. Yeah. I'm going to go with, it's weird. Like it's not a Canadian food, but like it's a Canadian experience for me. Right. So my thing is, I mean, it's a food, but like, it's not just strictly Canadian food. So the Ikea meatballs. No, no, (laughs) (laughs) no. Uh, My thing when I go to Canada, usually I go to Toronto, right. When I go to Canada, Mm -hmm. Um, my thing I always have to get, whether when I go to Toronto for the river to, I don't know, like a bachelor party or just to go for a trip or a baseball game or even a hockey game, whatever. it always hits home to grab one of those hot dog vendor hot dogs, right? Mm. Like those, those always hit the spot. Like it's just, it, I have visions of my head when I was there for a batch party a couple of years ago, walking through, <laughs> we were idiots. Smoke up the next, we were there for two days. So woke up the morning of the first night, 
it wasn't that bad. We're like, you know, what we'll do. It's a nice day out. It's not that warm. It's probably like, it's like fifties, right? Like fifty-five, mm-hmm. something crazy. We're like, so why don't we walk to the hockey hall of fame? We're like, hey, it's not that far. It's whatever. Mm-hmm. Well, and then you actually start walking it, and you have like kind of like a hangover. You're like, oh, this is a horrible idea. So, <laughs> <laughs> one of the guys barely made it there. Like he was like a mess the entire time to the hall of fame, but. On the way back, I remember there was a hot dog vendor like two blocks outside the hall, hall of fame after we left, and like I think that like rejuvenated all of us the rest of the night. Like it was like <laughs> it's like a video game, like when you find like that thing on the ground, like oh rejuvenation <laughs> potion. <And> like, <laughs> that's funny. So that's kind of my connection to Canada food, like that that you know hot dog at the hot dog vendor in Toronto. That is not what I was expecting, but that's a good answer. <laughs> there you go. Right. Uh, next question from. Gabrielle or at the Jaeger 89. I'd be curious to know if your saber source have mentioned what Adam's priority is in this offseason, how much of a priority is competing sooner versus rebuilding picks slash prospect pools. And assume this question is more directed at me. Mm-hmm. Uh, although you know some people too, so you can, you know. Um so my answer is I don't know a lot right now, but we kind of talked about it a little bit earlier. Uh, the one thing that I did hear, and he's kind of following up with for it, with it, is you know the kind of the direction I think he wants to go in is he wants to go more of a numbers background, right? He, mm-hmm. he's him and I know him and Nightingale were going to pitch, you know, the Bagulas on expanding the analytics department. Um, I don't know how the conversation went. I, I know they had a conversation. I don't know what the answer was, yes or no, but um, I think maybe hiring Nightingale into that role that he's in now maybe gave you your answer. If they're going to do it, so. Mm-hmm. that's exciting right i mean that's kind of you know the thing for myself and you as we said of kind of hope for another so yeah i mean i guess that's at this point uh early on in the process i, I think that's kind of an encouraging sign at least that we kind of we, we see sure. that happening yeah. i don't know if you have anything um, you i mean not really i mean it, it's it's to be determined i guess um yeah, right you know it seems like that's the thing but it also seems like ownership is very reluctant to spend any money and I mean, if you're going to invest in something and grow it, you probably need to throw some money at it. So I, we'll see. Because like the only thing they've done to analytics so far is just like promote the guy. Right. Like that's end of yeah. the list. So, it's a start. Uh, it's, a, it's a start. There's right? more to do. Yeah. But there's a lot more to do. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's step one of a five-step process. Yes. <laughs> All right. Next question from at A-H-E-E-P-7. I don't know how to say that. Uh, is there anyone you think they are looking to move outside of the usual risk alignment? And to make it different, I'll say we can't include Montour here. Anybody okay. looking to move outside the usual, those two guys? Um, probably not, only because you have so few people under contract next year. I mean, I'm sure they'd love to move Oposo, but you're not going to, right? right yeah. Skinner's not moving. Eichel's not moving. And, like, who's left? And Johansson, maybe. McCabe, okay. If you're trading those two other guys, though, you're probably keeping McCabe, right? I mean, I'm sure they'd like to probably trade Hutton, maybe. But, yeah, there's, like, there's not a lot of options. For me, I think the low-key guy that could get moved, not so much that they want to move him, yeah, but I could see it happening, I think is Middlestat. Oh, that's a good one. I, and again, I'm not saying like yeah, anybody yeah. told me they're trying to move him, so I'm being very clear on that. It's just right, me right. guessing and just making like connecting dots kind of thing, potential possibility. No, that's a good um, one. So I think that that's a little bit outside-the-box one for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, next question from... Rob Gregordi at Rob Gregordi at Rob underscore Gregordi. Sorry. Um, I think we kind of talked about this. How good are the chance that the Sabres do actually bring uh, W aboard? So kind of what I tweeted about the other day is, you know, it's, and Vogel kind of talked about it too, is, you know, 
him leaving Carolina really isn't attached to the Sabres. Um, mm-hmm. that, that's kind of been, I guess, in the works for some time now. So it's, from my understanding, is they've had internal discussions about it, uh, bringing him along. Uh, I don't know what role he would be in. Uh, I don't even know for sure if he would have interest completely and want to do it. But internally, they would like to have him. They've had conversations about it. And now that his contract officially has expired with Carolina, uh, I think they might reach out and try to see if they can figure something out. But, you know, it, it's by no means 100% right. definitely going to happen type of thing. There's your, there's, your, there's your Dudley T for you. Clarification <laughs> on it. Um, I'll skip through here. These next two are kind of more just statements of the questions, so we'll skip those. Uh, there's your Shrek guy. We'll skip his thing. <laughs> uh, no, don't skip Shrek. I love it. <laughs> read it. All right, we'll read it. So Shrek at Shrek Saber. <laughs> Do you think we're signing Simon Buffalo is all ogre now that Botterill is out of my is out of my swamp? <laughs> and do you think Kevin will make us feel like Farquads? <laughs> That's your boy. So you can, you can answer that one if you want. <laughs> I love it so much, dude. Oh my god. I, I don't know, man. We felt like Farquads for a couple of years now. <laughs> Maybe it'll change. If you want to follow up with another funny one, <laughs> uh, Terry Pagula actually <laughs> asks us a question. It had Terry Pagula one. <laughs> the question was, I need help. Why am I paying Cody Hodgson? Who is he? <laughs> <laughs> He's the guy you can find a really shaky video of announcing his extension. <laughs> An empty arena with a 300 level. <laughs> So bizarre. All right, moving on to the real questions. We got another real one here. Uh, eighth overall pick off the table. Uh, I sure hope so. In this situation, how would you upgrade goaltending? Oh, geez. Well, I've I've gone over this a couple times. Uh, my recommendation would be to sign Aaron Dell. He'll be cheap. He's effective. Um, analytically, one of the better goalies last year, and and honestly, the year before as a backup, right? So, yeah. um, and, and really he's, he's like a pseudo one B in San Jose because Martin Jones is hot garbage. So, um, yeah. I think that, uh, you look at the contrast between those two guys playing in front of the exact same team and you could see that he, he probably should have been the starter. So, um, if I'm looking for a guy to take, you know, 35 games in a year, I, I think he's your best bet, especially, you know, with uh, some cap preclusions that are on the horizon. Yeah, right. So, I mean, I've talked about Ronta as my top guy, right? So, mm-hmm. but I, I think some the cap situation is probably going to prevent them from doing that. Um, Matt Murray is an interesting idea, but again, the pieces that that might cost you might not be that interesting because you want to use those to get forward help. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cam Talbot's kind of the guy I went to in my article I did today. Um, that could be an interesting idea. He's 32 years old. He had a bounce back season after a horrible last season in Edmonton. Uh, he bounced back with Calgary behind David Riddich. So maybe that's kind of the way you can go. I like Dell too as an idea. You know, that could work. So there's ways. Um, definitely yeah. There's some ways that shouldn't cost you a ton of money either, or even a ton of um, assets to get a, a goaltender. Just, I, I think, I think I'm pretty certain in saying I, I can't have them go into the next season with Allmark and Hutton and believe they'll be a better team. Not even with like giant prescription glasses behind his mask. <laughs> no, I, I still just unless he couldn't like see forever. Um, just, there's just there's just too much inconsistency. <laughs> well, I wrote actually I wrote that article about it where okay, let's look and see just how much he fell off. And like in reality, it wasn't as much as people think. Like yeah, he right. wasn't good to be like 
I mean, you could, if you're doing some mental gymnastics, you could probably get yourself to say he was a little bit below average. I think like he has a good year. start every, every year he has a good start, sure. right? Yeah. And, and then he had like three shutouts in six games, like right. to start the year this kinda, year. Yeah. And then like the, like the year, his first year, he was really good to start. Right. And then I think it kind of goes downhill. I mean, if you, I mean, yeah, I think everybody knew he was one of the worst goalies in the league last year, but like he wasn't really that much worse. You know what I mean? He was, mm-hmm. he's always been kind of, well, not always been, but in Buffalo, he's always been kind of like the. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I think, I think from a goal save above expectation standpoint, I think he was bottom five, I want to say. Maybe he was like bottom six in the whole league between, you know, guys who played at least, I think it was a thousand minutes was how I measured it. So, um, yeah, not great. I think it was like 48 goalies. So that's not good company. Yeah. Right. All right. So here comes the final question. Okay. And I think you know what this question is because I think it's finally time to discuss something we talked about on here for about a year now. Okay. Uh, that we've teased um, some of the details of it, but not completely given out. Okay. I do know. I actually didn't see this, so I'm really interested in what it is. I, I missed this one, I think. So I said I would talk about this more uh, okay. or give more full details when Jason Bradle left. Mm. So Pat at simply underscore Pat, his comment was, Ehlers Risto T, please. Ah, uh, I did see this. Okay. So here's where we're at. So let's wind the clock back here, right? I mean, you're a... You're a joker guy. It's his thing. Let's, let's wind the clock <laughs> back a year. So um, here's, here's the full details of what I know. And some of this is still murky um, in the terms of kind of figuring out where this really fell apart. You kind of hear two stories or two versions of kind of how it happened. Um, I have a version that I believe I, that I'm more certain of what happened, but I'll give you other details. So here's the long and short of it. So before the season started, around August, I would say, maybe even closer to September. Um, there was essentially a deal in place um, that involved Ehlers and Ristolainen. Uh, and some other pieces too, I, if, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I think Aspen was part of it. And I think Mason Appleton, um, mm-hmm. the Winnipeg side was part of it too. Right? Those, those are two names I think were part of the whole deal and what would be the swap here. So it was, it was so far along in the process that there were people in that building, the Sabres building, um, that were certain it was going to happen. Uh, it was even, you know, if you remember back in the, of the podcast, I even talked about the possibility of the Sabres telling Rislana to not come to Buffalo mm-hmm. for training camp because we're working on the trade. And that was one of the reasons why, because of how close the way that was trending that particular discussion. So it falls apart, right? So there's two things here where it fell apart. So there's one side of it where it fell apart that the Sabres didn't want to add more to it in a way. And kind of Winnipeg was unhappy with the full return and they wanted more and the Sabres weren't going to do it. Um, the other thing is that this is more from league people that I've kind of talked to that I know scouts from the league is kind of what they've heard is that Winnipeg kind of got cold feet on it. They were unsure of what was going to happen with Bufflins. They didn't want to definitely give away Ehlers. But mm. people I trust and I know, I think of what happens kind of more the first thing, right? It's that 
I, I think that Winnipeg wanted, and it kind of gets back to having the cold feet thing where it all kind of connects here, is Winnipeg wanted something else in the Sabres. And the Sabres thought that they were already giving too much value in Ruslan. They, they, in their head, thought, and it kind of gets back to, you know, overvaluing Ruslan, right? He, he was worth it. Him mm-hmm. and Asplund was worth what they were going to get back. Mm-hmm. And Winnipeg didn't agree. They even for Ehlers alone, that would have been fine. I don't right. even need Appleton. <laughs> right. Right. So I think with Appleton mixed into it, is Winnipeg wanted something else, whether it be a draft pick or a prospect. And um, Bradwell didn't want to do it. Uh, they, they kind of sat around and went back and forth, and Spadol really wasn't moving on it. So what happened is the season got closer. Uh, we're, we're at this point, we're still talking, we're in mid-September, right? So um, Winnipeg basically said, forget it for now. Um, we're going to go on the season with this defense we had. Maybe Bufflin comes back. You can maybe week four later, but you know that's kind of where it fell apart. So basically, I'll get to there was very close to a package that involved Ehlers and Ristolainen and some other little pieces involved, but didn't get over the line because, from what I understand, is there was a need to not an unwillingness to add more, just that one more piece on the Sabres side, and it wasn't anything crazy like. Winnipeg's not asking for like a first round pick, right? Like they're. It was like a third, right? Or a fourth, right. maybe? It was not. It was reclusive. a mid round pick or some sort of like mid level prospect, probably, right? Just just someone's thinking so seven day on how they could sleep at night. Mm-hmm. I want to be clear about that, too. Like Winnipeg wasn't like, all right, and a first round pick. Like, no, that, that was not <laughs> the situation here. So I, I don't know the exact ass, but I know it was not that high. I think from what I told you in the past, it was, it was a mid round pick or like a mid level prospect. Mm-hmm. So like a second or third and. Davidson probably or something like that. So it is what it is. But that's you know that's that's the full details of it. So it's they're that close. <laughs> they were mm. that close. And if you know you listen to people like you see you know Waro tweeted you know back time like I think back in that time he's you know it was some bottle thing about trades and he was like well how come we left the big one at the table like he's probably referring to that or I know Greg Borgers right. even talked about it too. So like it wasn't like this wasn't some sort of mystery like I said like it, like. A lot of people in the organization thought this was happening. Like that's how far along and how close it was. And then just, right. and this is why I put in my tweets, like when I, when I shared things, like I usually put it at the end, like, like you never know though. Like <laughs> nothing yeah. is a guarantee. Things could change here. At that, you could be at the five grand line and things would fall apart. So you know, that's, that, that's the full details of it. And I know for you, cause you kind of know the story. Like it's not like that, whatever mm-hmm. you, you know, the whole thing, but it's, um, yeah, it's, I don't know. It's not the name of the list. Right? It's the Taylor yeah. Hall, the Cody Glass. It's so, so Sabres metrics on Twitter. Uh, he tweeted out, you could probably, of all the players that the Sabres turned down for Ristolainen, you could probably build a team that would beat the Sabres. <laughs> right, right. Right. So it's, you know, and I do want to be clear to like give like, that's a completely bashing battle. Like I'm sure he even got, well, there was some couple of trades he probably should have taken. I'm sure there were also some trades that we're happy he walked away from. I'm sure he got oh, some yeah. duds thrown at him, right? So I think it's right. at least fair. Like I don't want Battle to be the guy known as he just turned down bad, good trades. Like that's I, but I he think did. he did it in a sense. I, it, you know, maybe his biggest besides the O'Reilly thing, maybe the biggest thing against him is I think he overvalued Ristolainen. Yeah, yeah. that cost him. That prevented yeah. him from getting a forward. That prevented him from moving off the, him off the roster, so he didn't hurt your team. So I mean, those two things. You know, if he moves him for Ehlers last summer 
Does Bob Russell still the GM? I think he is. Yeah, because the Sabres are definitely in the playoffs. So would they right. need one more point? Yeah. Or two more points? Yeah, 100% chance he's still here. So. It's cool. <laughs> yeah. Sorry to end the podcast that way, but. Actually, we're not going to end the podcast. So we started to remember, you got something to share too. So it's all of our questions. We appreciate the questions coming in. Um, very much so. Uh, again, we're still trying to get it down without Bill. You know, we're trying to use the flow here. We'll get mm-hmm. better as we go along. But you, I'm very excited about. I'll make a proud papa over here. Um, you and Melissa have a pretty cool oh, yeah. thing coming for Die by the Blade that's uh, dropping tomorrow when recording tonight. So maybe some people, it'll reach out for some people come to listen to this podcast. But uh, if you want, I'll give you the floor here sure. to share what you want about the tease kind of what's coming here. Yeah, so I mean, with everything that's going on in the world, and and uh, you know the the this is going to sound arrogant, but you know the platform, so to speak, that that we have, um, mm-hmm. we have you know I started the Sabers of Yesterday series at at Die by the Blade, and uh, you know we focused on fan favorite type of guys, right? You know Marty Baron, Dixon Ward, Derek Plant, right? Um, I want to you know, get the opinion of guys who you don't hear from, you know, so frequently and, and who, you know, the, um, the, you know, situation of racial injustice and, and inequality in sports um, applied to at some point. Right. And um, so Roman Ender, who is a former Sabre, uh, they're all former Sabres, but Roman Ender, Jean-Luc Grandpierre and uh, Val James joined Melissa and I on a, uh, panel and in part one of the series um it's a two-part uh article in part one that drops tomorrow we we talk about you know racism in hockey and and you know resolutions and you know the establishment of the uh hockey diversity alliance and and all that stuff and um in part two we we talk about their time in rochester and buffalo and and you know kind of how we've typically done you know what i mean the uh savers of yesterday articles just uh you know, hockey, you know, so part one is, is the societal issue and, and part two is, is, you know, their, their careers in Buffalo. So um, we're really excited about it as, as Chad can attest. Um, this has kind of been like weeks in the making month, really in the making, yeah. just trying to coordinate everything and transcribe, you know, three guys worth of uh, <laughs> words, which is, you know, cumbersome, but um, yeah, we're really excited about it. And uh, it's, it's, uh, you know, I've been writing for, for quite a while and it's, it's, maybe the article I'm most proud of just how it turned out. And, and just, um, I think it's important. I think it's really important. And uh, I'm glad Melissa joined me on it. Um, you know, it was a team effort and, uh, yeah, I'm really excited for everyone to see it. Yeah. So it, it'll be dropping part one tomorrow, part two on Friday. Yes. Um, so I, I, I put eyes on part one and it was extremely good. Uh, I gotta, I gotta read through part two, but, uh, yeah, I, I think people would be excited about it. You know, it's it's pretty cool. It, it's kind of interesting to hear those guys talk and kind of give their kind of their background and their history with kind of what they had to deal with as players, right? So yeah, the super cool conversation. Um, you know, and I hope everybody likes it because I think the amount of work that went into it itself is that you must have did it. You know, it's crazy. And one of the things that you know I loathe or anything about being a writer is transcribing interviews. You know. It, bothers me i don't really enjoy it <laughs> sometimes it's part of the job but you yeah you know sitting down and doing that you know i, I give you all the credit in the world for not for, one but three interviews <laughs> forever dude it took right. me so long 
So that's that's completely understandable. And hopefully people appreciate the work that went in. So that's exciting. So that'll be fun for people to kind of get their teeth into and, and read here over the next few days. So so, cool so just a real funny like little tidbit on the transcription, right? Just for shits and giggles, right? The the recording software I use for interviews like that, like it has mm-hmm. a transcribe option. Okay. I've never tried it. I'm like, this can't be that accurate, right? I should post some screenshots of some of the stuff I came up with. Just bananas, just bananas. Um, instead of torts, you know what I mean? Someone mentioned Tortorella as the yeah. coach in, in Rochester. It said like when the trout was our coach, it was like, <laughs> so yeah, just, I was like, oh, okay, I'm going to scrap this. This is completely worthless. So I was hoping it would be a, a tool for me, but in reality, it was just like maybe comic relief, I guess yeah, is the yeah. main utility, but yeah, no, it took, it took forever. And, um, you know, a lot of, a lot of conversations with Melissa, just how we, you know, what, what we, what we wanted to ask, you know what I mean? Just, mm-hmm. um, but I, I think it, again, I think it turned out really, really great. And I'm, I'm very, very proud of it. And it, I know they're probably not listening to this, but uh big, big, big thank you to uh, Roman, uh, uh, Jean-Luc and, and Vale for, for taking the time. And they, they were fantastic to talk to. I mean, just phenomenal guys. Good stuff. All right. So looking forward to that. Good things coming to the Blade here. Uh, so we'll get kind of the spiel at the end here. So make sure you're following Anthony on Twitter. Um, well, I almost gave out your old Twitter. Uh, <laughs> I forgot it was the first time it's the podcast with a new one. The artist so we'll start- formerly known as Chandra Sports. <laughs> right. We'll start with me. I find Anthony. Uh, I am at CM Dmenis. This is mine. And Anthony's new one is at BBTB Ant and TNH. Yeah, A-N-T-H. Is that right? Um, so that is Anthony's new uh, Twitter handle. So follow, make sure you're following him if you're not. Um, make sure you're following at Dive of the Blade for all the excellent written content coming out, including this interview that Anthony just mentioned, uh, parts one and two. Uh, make sure you are subscribed to the podcast, uh, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or anywhere really you can find a podcast. Any ratings or comments you can give on the podcast would be greatly appreciated. So, Richard. And for Anthony, that's all we got this week. Thank you again for the fan questions. Um, go read Anthony's article when it's up. And hope you guys enjoyed the Ehlers tea. And now we got that <laughs> out of the way here moving forward. Um, a bitter brew. A bitter brew, right, to end the podcast. But There's the podcast name. <laughs> <laughs> that is a good one. That is going to be the podcast name. Uh, so we will talk to you here Again, with the way this, this is going, you know, a week, two weeks, we'll see. We'll, we'll try to keep this consistent, but there's not much to talk about. I don't know on a forced one. So thank you for listening, and we will talk to you soon. Enjoy um, the remainder of the summer here, and maybe even get some hockey pretty soon. So, like, you know, if we start trucking along in the next podcast, we can talk about this return to play thing and some playoffs, and, you know, it'd be kind of fun to talk about real hockey. So stay tuned for that. So, that's good.